from the creators of Relevant Magazine, it's The Relevant Podcast. It's a week of Friday, April 24th, 2015, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Fracture. Well. Uh, Fracture is a way to print your favorite photo in vivid color directly on glass. You could describe it as like HDTV for your, for your pictures. Mother's Day is coming up fast. You can find a special picture that she'll love and give her the gift of Fracture. She'll be blown away. They ship everything you need to get your photos on your wall or desk right in the box. And the prices start at just 15 bucks for a 5x5 print. Every fracture is handmade and checked for quality by their small team in Gainesville, Florida. Go Gators. There you go. It's the thinnest, lightest, and most elegant way to display your favorite photos and make amazing, unique gifts for family and friends. All right, Relevant Podcast listeners, you can get 15% off with the coupon code RELEVANT when you go to their website, FractureMe.com. And it also lets them know that you heard about them yeah. here on our podcast. Yeah, I got one for my parents for Christmas, I think last year or the year before. They I, love it. It's so cool. I have one in my office. The The staff, uh, last year, the cover story of uh, on the Holy Land conflict, oh, uh, yeah. Blessed are the Peacemakers, the staff got the cover done on a fracture oh, neat. thing. Oh, it's in my cool. office. It's really cool. It looks amazing. It was really sweet of him. Yeah. Very thoughtful. So fracture. There you go. 15% off. Not a bad deal. Oh, good job. There it is. That's hey. That means that it's the beginning of the show. It's a shofar. It's a, it's a shofar. It's, can you call it the show shofar or just the show here with me in Orlando studio, that's Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. Hey, surprises, surprises. Over there, on, on, <laughs> over there sitting in for our illustrious producer, uh, John David Snavely, who just kicked the show off with the shofar. Shalom. Oh. There you go. On the Skype line from Leverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Chicago, Illinois, speaker and author, Shauna Nequist. Good morning. So, I say it anyway. It doesn't matter what time it is. It's like a thing. No, it's your trademark. We get it. Oh, yeah, I have to. So the shofar. This is amazing. We <laughs> yeah. have one now. Yeah, it appears though we have more than one. <laughs> we do. Listeners to the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, we got talking about Jesse and me grew up in kind of charismatic world. And we were at a, I was at a worship conference not, not, not too long ago. And there was a shofar, a rogue shofar blower. Mm-hmm. But really, this is a thing now. Not oh, a yeah. thing now, a thing oh, for the last couple of decades. If you oh, go to yeah. a charismatic conference, a worship conference, well, or a charismatic church, the there's going to be rogue shofars. Well, for millennia. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I have a true. feeling that when, yeah. you know, Paul is going up onto Mars Hill and is just about to, he's like, okay, shofar, yeah. thanks. So yeah, it, it's more of like an unauthorized thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that <laughs> people will show up with various <laughs> uh, instruments of praise, be they glittery homemade flags with like a flaming dove on them. Or yeah. shofars or tambourines. Tambourines. Shauna, you've you've spoken at many conferences. Have yes. have you seen the random shofar? I, I yeah, I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Um, there's a there was a family uh, at, at the church we were at in Michigan. There was a family of people that all came to church with many of their own instruments. Oh, and they wanted to sit. You know, it was in the round, and my husband was a worship leader, and he played piano. Cool. And so they wanted to sit directly behind him. Oh, no. And the dad wore, he was super tall, and he had cargo pants. Uh-oh. And he would have 
uh, I would say 12 to 15 different size egg shakers in his cargo pockets. I love him. And when he arrived and got himself settled, he would just lay them out like in no. size order on his seat so that he could, and, and he's right behind Aaron. I mean, he's probably six feet from Aaron's ears and you could see like the, the louder the egg shaker guy gets, that more Aaron's playing, like his hands are like 18 inches off the piano. He's like, I, I'm the boss of this tempo, right, right. This tempo right? right? Like right. I'm the boss of this. You could see his shoulders are up. He's so mad. Yeah. That egg shaker guy is trying to get him to go faster than he wants to go. Yeah. When, when, you gotta I, be crazy. Can I just say, Shauna, when you said that he came with the egg shakers in the cargo pant pockets, yeah, like all like filled with with like five or six, I was I was thinking you were gonna say that he <laughs> danced. Oh, right. that would be great. Yeah. And it was like, it was like a, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, a, a you know, a multi-purpose thing. What? Like it's a, it's, it's a, it's a visual, it's a, it's a whole, every sense he's hitting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you knew the lady, the lady in church who was sneaking in the rogue tambourine in her pocketbook because she jangled as she came in. Yeah. You just, know, <laughs> right. you, you, uh, you're not getting away with anything. Every step. Sister people Lucy. Kinda, people are looking around <laughs> going know. like, wait a second. Oh, man. But, but the egg, the egg shaker guy, you literally hear him coming in the door yes. Yeah. yes and you know when he's speeding <laughs> yeah, up too. every step oh, yeah. <laughs> i have rarely seen my husband so angry egg shakers are incredibly hard to play i do have respect for him on a musical front I, i've i've had more success on a drum kit than i have with a shaker they're really hard you ever tried to play a shaker? well that's why this guy he's a savant he's he's Gosh, but what? Well, we don't have to get too into it. But like, how nuts do you have to be to do that? Well, this is this is amazing because we we talked about this the rogue so far, uh, right. you know, kicking off the Christian conferences uh, a couple of weeks ago, and in the mail this week, yeah. this past week, we got two shofars. One was from uh, Jason Shields, the what the large one that JD just kicked off the show very poorly playing. Uh, and he wrote a note. He said, I bought this on a trip to Israel four or five years ago, basically because all the cool kids were doing it. Yeah. He said, well, I don't need it. I don't really want it anymore. So I wanted to gift it to my favorite podcast. Plus, my wife will be happy it's gone. <laughs> um, Jason Shields. And then uh, Joe Bugleman. Uh, oh, we know Joel. We love us- Joel. Wait, his last name's Bugleman and he bought a show for <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I kind of feel like it's, he's it's betrayed it's his name. Bugle. It's, Bugle. it's got a K, but it's close enough. But uh, yeah, this came from Amazon.com. He ordered it. He did. And it's from Shofar. OT.com, Shofar. Oh, they shofar. actually, I, that's a really great quality Shofar. This is, a, it's smaller, but you can tell the quality's there. No, would, no, no. You, would you guys say a bugle is like a poor man Shofar? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really good. You've done that before. No, never. How did you, did you like purse your lips together? I purse like my lips. Like I took a, tr- I took trumpet lessons when I was like fifth grade. Oh. So. Once you once you once you learn, you never forget. <laughs> it's, 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 they often say playing a show for is like riding a bicycle. Like it stinks. It smells. Poor. Well, it has yeah, to. It's an animal's horn. It's the, or something. It smells like the inside of an animal. It was a, a ram's kill. horn. Yeah. Ugh. And you got to think about that ram's life. <laughs> I don't want to. You know. Yeah. So well, that was really. So now sweet. we used to have a slide whistle. Now we have shofar. So Jason maybe that's how we'll kick off every. Thank every you, Jason. So now we have Angel. to think about what do we want to talk about this week that we want people to send in the mail to the relevant studio. <laughs> yeah, you know what's so week. you know what's so crazy this time of year is jet skis. How fun <laughs> like, are yeah, jet BMWs. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I've always found hilarious is like just sacks 
brimming with hundred dollar bills. Yeah, like burlap sacks of cash yeah. is hilarious. Or even just those like Visa gift cards because you can load up as much money as you want on those things and it doesn't weigh anymore. I have th- I had this riff for a while about Wawa gift cards. I would love to <laughs> rediscover that, but I just I can't. I need something to, to jar my memory. <laughs> Shauna, do you have Wawa up there? I have no idea what you're talking Wawa about. Wawa is a, a convenience could... store gas station that that has kind of like they make fresh food in it. And it's, it's really like, good. It's like a, I've been given a Wawa gift card for like three years in a row by a buddy for my birthday, and it's always one of the best presents. Yeah. The Northeast. You know what, Shauna? I know you're all like, uh, you know, fancy cooker. But uh, when you, I don't think that's at all a way to say it. Can we just uh, start that from the top? You know, Shauna, I know you're like a professional chef. Uh, Some would say a fancy cooker. (laughs) We're going to take, we're going to get you a Wawa sub when you're down here. And whatever size soda you want, same price. She's huge. I I do like a good sandwich. Okay. Yeah. And and a nice 54 ounces of uh, Coca-Cola Zero. (laughs) Several hundred (laughs) ounces of pop. Did you see that thing that 7-Eleven did? a couple weeks ago where bring for, your own cup yeah one day only <laughs> yeah. the Slurpee stand you could bring your own like any cup or thing to hold a Slurpee a bucket oh. a drum anything anything and you could fill it for a buck see now that's interesting because with Slurpees that's brilliant because you you really can't do 50 ounces of Slurpee because it starts to get that gross melty syrup at the end yeah. you mean so, delicious melty syrup at <laughs> the end? I don't like that part <laughs> that's a really fun promotion a lot of my like really fun creative mom friends did like really cute things with their kids like what can we find around the house that's the biggest that they'll totally freak out if we ask them to fill it it was really cute like just a trash can yeah a dollar's worth no, of no, Slurpee no it was please. like they had, this, is, this is a city recycling bin. they had a, they had a a sign. This is a dumpster. They had a sign with a ten-inch uh, uh, diameter hole cut out in it. Uh, okay, so any anything right. that could fit in this hole, you could fill your fill up like with the luggage thing at the airport. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly how, deep, what it how was. deep was the hole. No, it was an infinite hole. It was yeah. just so, it had to be a ten-inch di- you know diameter. Well, what I would bring in a piece. I wish I would have thought of this like a ten-inch wide piece of PVC pipe that was like twenty feet long. <laughs> 30 feet long. Yeah, be like, I'm like fill her up. It in. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> Potato gun. Yeah, tomato. Yeah, potato gun. But but Slurpee wise, if we're doing Slurpees, the only one is the Coke Slurpee, right? Nobody gets the other kind. Cherry? Cherry, I get the cherry. Go go, go classic, yeah. yeah. I don't think so. I mean, this isn't a hard and fast. This isn't it's not a judgment of character. I think people have different tastes and preferences. I, the, I do. I, I do too, but I don't extend that to Slurpees. The, I usually go whatever the movie promotion. Uh, uh, like, oh, of course you do. Bright, bright green, Incredible Hulk flavor. Blue Mountain Independence Day, or whatever. Fill me up. No, just red. Always red. Red Slurpee. Yeah. For popsicles, for lollipops, or anything red is always the best fake flavor there is. Interesting. I yeah. think orange. No, uh, but she's the no, fancy no, no. cooker, so she, she is would the know. Fancy cooker. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about my, my favorite like corn syrup flavor. Yeah. <laughs> fancy cooker. We have a great show in store for you today. I mean, you already know that because it was kicked off by a shofar, so it was I mean, obvious. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be one for the ages. Uh, coming up later, we have a live in studio performance by the Brilliance. Neat, an incredible, uh, very interesting worship band. It's David Gunger and uh, John Arndt and a bunch of other great musicians. And they came in the studio recently and Fun. recorded some live stuff, and it's phenomenal. And we also talked to Johnny Moore, who uh, has a new book out this week called Defying ISIS. Mm. And uh, he's a leader in kind of what's happening in the Middle East, and we have a lot of questions mm. for him. So yeah. that's coming up later. Like uh, so speaking of him, I was actually with Johnny last week when we had the weird week and uh-huh. in, in, when I was in Rome. Yes. I was in Rome, and I saw 
the I visited the set of Ben Hur that they're remaking Ben Hur. Oh, who's the lead? Uh, Jonah uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. No, it's uh, Michael well, Mor- Morgan Freeman's in it. It's crazy. MGM and Paramount are remaking it. It's it's kind of like a, a two hundred fifty million dollar movie, and they're shooting it in Rome. It's like a, one of these no budget type epic. It's coming out oh, in wow. twenty sixteen. It's crazy, and I was invited to go see it. Neat. I've never seen anything like this in my life. It's a big budget movie. That's huge. Really, I, neat. it was crazy. It was like when we were walking around. They're like, we're not like blowing smoke. This is one of these. This is the best of the best. Like, there's like no limits on what yeah. we're you know. Like craft services. There's always an enchilada bar. There's always like a <laughs> Sunday craft bar. Services. I'll yeah. say this. Cameron told me they built a Wawa on set just for craft services. <laughs> no, they said they said any cup. Yeah, you you fill it here. And <laughs> diameter didn't matter. Yeah, it was. You could have PVC pipe like yeah. my dream. You know what was funny is like you know when you see like these kind of like Hollywood movies and it's like you know they drive their golf cart around the the studio lots oh, yeah. and then there's like a gladiator walking by and a banana walking by and whatever. <laughs> right. It was really like that. Yeah. I'm sitting there like having lunch in the craft services tent and Roman guards are coming in and just grabbing their trays and yeah. so, so Cameron they are yeah a lot of bananas. They are sticking true to the original book uh, with the banana scene that they cut from the. <laughs> The banana fifties version. That's yeah. good. <laughs> you know, and here's here's a little a little inside baseball on me. I don't prepare well for things. I, I don't think ahead in my life. I, I just kind of like I'm in a moment and going, oh man, I wish I had read up on this. You know, and so so on the yeah. way to go visit Ben Hur. I've never seen Ben Hur. Yeah, I've never seen it. So I downloaded it from iTunes and watched it on the way there. Yeah, is in it? three separate chunks. This thing is so that the 1959 movie. You know, best movie of all time, kind of 11 Oscars. Uh-huh. Da, da. Uh-huh. It has an intermission in it. It's so long. <laughs> that rule. It's four hours long. The original yeah, version, right. they handed out bananas to keep <laughs> you know, people were there so long. They were cramping up. <laughs> they were like, we need to give people potassium. They've been sitting in the same position yeah. for three and a half hours. Calves are all tightening up. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. It was crazy. And I was there I for like two days. You've been doing all kinds of traveling lately. Yeah, I have. Wow. Uh, Jack Houston is, is the guy who's playing um, Judah Ben-Hur. Uh, he's the lead. Uh, Jack Houston, he's in Boardwalk Empire. He's been in... Oh. A he's a face you know. Yeah. Okay. If you've seen Boardwalk Empire, you know the guy who wears like half a face, like the oh, fan of the opera? Oh, that guy's awesome. That's him. Oh, that guy's a really good actor. Yeah. That's a really good choice. Yeah, Morgan Freeman's in it, and uh, a bunch of other great actors. Uh, Rodrigo Santoro plays Jesus. Rodrigo Santoro. Anyway, all these people are great. It was yeah. awesome. Well, that's great. That's cool. Incredible. Yay for Rome. So Ben-Hur, February of 2016 is coming out. Great. It'll be uh, in theaters. It's going to be like a big, it's not, not, it's like a big movie thing. It's a huge movie thing. It'll be a billion <laughs> dollar movie. Well, but you I didn't know. know yeah. But the it's last a straight to DVD thing. But the last know. one was like, it came out on a, it came out, it went to, it was a TV. You went to a TV movie. <laughs> oh yeah. AD. Not to d- minimize it. It was just still very impactful. Yeah. yeah but, but churches aren't going to be the buying out theaters for Ben-Hur. This is a billion dollar movie. No, this movie is like franchise. an across the, yeah. uh, across the board. America right. will like this, not just Christians. Eddie, this isn't one that comes and like packaged with like three other weird Jean-Claude Van Damme movies right. at like the, the for like three dollars at the bin at, at Walgreens. Right. This is gonna be like its own its own standalone I thing. I think that's the plan. I think yeah. they're gonna try to recoup that two hundred million. I don't know if I can say this on the show, okay. but I wanna tell you, Jesse, I hadn't yeah. talked to you about this. So when I was there, it was a uh, Mark Burnett and Roma Downey uh, are producers on this movie. On Ben Hur? Okay. Mm-hmm. They were invited They're to join. They're busy. What are they? They are really busy. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's a ma- massive thing. So, I mean, they're just a part of it, but they were there. And they invited some of their friends and faith leaders to come visit the set. 
Right. So the day I was there, hanging out with uh, our old buddy Joel Osteen there, Jesse. No. Did you meet him? On the set. Yeah. Does he heard did, a word? Did, he, did you tell him he stood us up at Nick Walenda? I almost did. What but did, I didn't. What did you talk to Joel, Joel Steen about? Uh, just chit-chatting. Uh, our parents knew each other, and so we were just catching up, shooting the breeze, watching watching a chariot race. Does, it, let me, does he talk just like Joel Osteen? And, does and, he wear in a suit? Uh, he was wearing um, uh, like tailored uh, jeans, pressed jeans. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And tailored pressed jeans. And a button-down shirt. Looked very nice. <laughs> Looked he Everybody, he was Obvious. very kind. He was yeah. very Joel Osteen. Yeah. And, and in that moment... I had an out-of-body experience going, my life is very weird. I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here hanging out with Joel Osteen watching chariot races in Rome. Yeah, that is a little bit strange. I kind of wish that he was exactly the opposite because what you're describing is what I picture him being like. Yeah. I kind of wish he was there, you know, like in like a tank top and like... <laughs> well, yeah, like he just, just... got off short and he was like, sup, bro? What's going on, man? <laughs> I was a little afraid that he would just punch me straight in the mouth uh, knowing that, you know, we've been yeah. uh, podcast rivals for about nine years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, since the beginning. Yeah. Deep, deep rift I know we've two. been on his radar for that, too. <laughs> now, I know he's been losing This has not been a one-sided region. rivalry at all. Now, I was very worried. Speaking of him... Yeah. Are we going to see him Thursday? So uh, the yeah, last let's, time let's when we got spoke, when we got stood up by Joel Osteen last time, Jesse right. and I traveled all the way to Chicago for the Nick Walinda Highwire stunt uh, broadcast by the Discovery Channel. And as everybody knows, Shauna, do you remember this? You were on I the do. show, but I'm not sure if you were here that week. But you remember yes. just the I fanfare. Totally yes. okay, Joel, Joel Osteen is America's pastor. He's also Nick Walinda's pastor, and he goes to all of Nick Walinda's televised stunts and, mm-hmm. and prays with the family. Yeah. And Jesse very <laughs> excitedly got an interview confirmation that we would be able to talk to Mr. Osteen while yeah, we were there yeah. and he stood us up. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a hard I mean honestly in terms of like dark days on the show yeah. that was yeah, very Yeah, a lot of people were disappointed. It was yeah. a very hard time for us as a but, podcast. But as is the case in life, there's always a chance for second chances. God. And this amen. this next week redemption. We have found out yes. that Mr. Nick Walenda Right. Is doing an unprecedented stunt. It's given me chills hearing here you talk about it. Here in our own backyard of Orlando, Florida, Nick Walinda will be walking the new Orlando Eye uh, massive Ferris wheel. It's, it's be, the people who did the London Eye Ferris wheel are built one here. It's yeah. opening in two weeks. It's huge. And to kick off the opening of this 400-foot-tall Ferris wheel, Nick Walinda is walking it. Whoa. What do you mean walking it? Yes, like- yes it'll move, and he's going to be at the top. So it'll move and he'll just walk. So he'll just stay at the top the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Well, okay. In, when it, I, that's when the I hope about theoretically. <laughs> and then, and then we the thing that the twist is you can pay money to get a chance to move the Ferris wheel forward and backward and screw with him really fast. Yeah, you can speed it up and make it go reverse. Can you really? No. Oh. <laughs> I would like Wait. to ride in one of the cars, and I'm you finally make it up to the top. Like huge spaces in between the cars. No, there's like one single bar that there's, there's like a. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I think it's on that bar, or they may stretch. I. Jesse, Question: How's he getting Jesse, up on the the top? Hey, hold on for dear life. And I mean, how's, but how's Shana, he to answer your question? They did know. not think this through very well. He's up there, and it's like. I imagine he's going to... There's nowhere to go. How do we... I can't bounce on this. And it's raining. And it's real windy up here. That's my other question. Can people be in the little pods? I can't imagine they will be. Rocking them? Well, I imagine there's going to be one person in the pod. Joel Steen. Yeah, Joel Osteen. And he'll pray every every 10 minutes. There'll be a little... He'll come back around. Yeah. How long is he going to be up there? Do you guys know? I don't I think know. It's an, I think it's a David Blaine endurance challenge. It's going to be nine days. Nine, nine days. days. He's going to be walking on that thing. Walking. 
I no. don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if this is televised or if it's just kind of like him doing a ribbon cutting. You yeah. Know what are, I mean? you, are you guys? Are you guys That's absolutely? How Orlando going does ribbon cuttings. <laughs> Nick I gotta tell. Well, I don't know. I mean, the, it's in my calendar. I'm ready. I know, but we don't know who to call. Have you called anybody to how, go? Who would I possibly? I, would, I don't know. You've I, been I, the one I, excited I about it. I had one person to call, and it was you. <laughs> and <laughs> I said, "Talk to Jesse. He did Jesse, it last time. Can you just do that? You had to talk to somebody the last hang time. On, hang on. Funny you should mention that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting on the phone Nikki. right now. <laughs> Nikki Dub. <laughs> QQ for you, baby. They're not welcome <laughs> this time. <laughs> I'll pass that along. I will not pass that along to Eddie. That's a very okay. mean thing to say. But All like right, talk this, to you later. This is tomorrow, Eddie, they right? they don't want you there. No, it's the 29th of April. Okay, so we got a couple... We got a week. We got a couple days. Yeah. I will... I don't know what to do. I don't either. I mean, I mean, at the very least, we could just show up and be part of the masses. The I know crowd. people on the local news. Again, if this is an official mm. televised thing, we go through the media company. But if this is just literally a local attraction with Nicolinda walking on it, right? I don't, I don't know. I just feel, don't know who you call. I just want to be. I just want to be there. I want to be a part of it, and I want it's history. It's history. It's the day Nicolinda finally died. Oh. I don't think you can say that. That was even too far for Jesse's standards. I, I make light of people's deaths during stunts all the time, so and that was a low blow for no, me. Shauna, Jesse went to a real dark place last no, week. No, no, really? no. What happened? Shauna, it was really bad. We might as well address this right now. because okay. So yeah. last week on the show, we recorded. It was a weird place, weird time. We were all in a weird mindset. And Jesse, for the first time others. in 10 years of recording this podcast, lost it. Jesse broke down. Worse than Nickelback week? Broke oh, oh, down. No, we're talking crying it was a laughing. Different type crying of laughing, and, couldn't breathe. And you ready to hear what was so funny? What just yeah. made him laugh no, okay. so well, let me, No, let no, me set no. The stage. no, no, no. Let's it, not set the stage. Eddie, Here's Eddie, what Jesse thought was that. so funny. A guy died. No, no. Here, Shauna, here's what happened. <laughs> here's, here's, here's what happened. Mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. Were, we were preparing to do slices, and. Uh, Shona, as you probably know, and the listeners know, I have a vast reservoir of random knowledge and trivia that's useless in most parts of, of life, except for this small two-hour window every week we record this podcast. Yeah. So the topic of the Guinness Book of World Records comes up, and Eddie uh-huh. mentions the, the, that the world's largest twins have been a staple. They're these two individuals who are very large and and they used to be featured riding mini bikes on the last page of the Guinness book. They weren't mini bikes. They were just regular sized motorcycles. (laughs) They were just that big. And I said, do you know how one of those guys died? And I thought I had read this somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I said that he had died. Now you hear him him already. He's already snickering. (laughs) I said he he died attempting to jump over Niagara Falls on on a motorcycle. motorcycle. Which, of course, we just thought that was just a little a joke. Because how how could that? But Jesse, just the thought of this this large man on a little motorcycle trying to jump Niagara Falls, just just loses it. Yeah. And the harder I try to compose myself, the worse (laughs) I got. Yeah. It was a moment. People commented, "Oh, so this is what it's like when Chad doesn't edit the podcast." I left it in on purpose because it was so unprecedented yeah, to see. I wanted people to see what we saw. I've never seen Jesse lose it like this, it especially was, over man's tragic death. A okay, death, it, a death it, of it, a person, Jesse. Again, it was 35 <laughs> years ago. Time heals a lot of things. Wow. I'm not saying my, I'm not saying my breakdown was appropriate, wow. but it, but just in the context, keep that in mind. <laughs> and then I told Adam. I said, Adam, I think I had read that. While I keep talking, please fact check it. And so we Googled it and confirmed it it, that it is true. Now, this is where things uh, maybe should have not... Okay, 
we find out now Where the wheels came off, so to speak. Yeah, no we find out now, you know, the, our, our studious listeners are basically our own Snopes.com. Yeah. yeah. Right. And they have actually fact checked it. Right. And the, the fat twin did die on a motorcycle near Niagara Falls, but it was an auto accident as he was driving near Niagara Falls. So funny, no, 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 right, wait, Jesse? No, Isn't wait, wait, that wait a minute. So I funny? Heard, I read other accounts, though, oh, and this was oh. in newspapers, Okay, okay. that it was a stunt at Niagara Falls, which to me, it's not ruling out the possibility that he tried to jump over. What other stunt are you going to perform on Maybe a motorcycle? Maybe he's trying to do wheelies or something. You know, Here's my just... point. Here's my point. He may have died on the on, in route to Niagara Falls, he may have died performing a stunt at Niagara Falls. He may have died jumping over Niagara Falls. The fact of the matter is, it's lost to history, and we just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what proof do we have? What proof could we possibly have? So that is... That's what so you missed. So I missed a lot, yeah, I was yeah. say, I yeah. missed a lot of really funny, of really important stuff. <laughs> so you being busy last week and traveling was wise. Uh, it was good for your career. Where were you, you last week, Shauna? I was just thinking of that. Why wasn't I? on last week you I said have no idea well you texted I had something you you just said i've had enough i said i just whatever mommy's just got to do it mommy's got a nap oh i had a radio interview there you go oh, fun there That's you it. go did they bring up did they bring up the <laughs> it was mostly Niagara about Niagara falls, falls. <laughs> yeah. it was it was with a northern yeah. new york radio station and they wanted to get it was a reaction piece to the yeah. death <laughs> they're of the, still talking about to the death of the twin he's a national hero up there. next up yeah, yeah. Um, international author. So there Speaker. you go. So so Shofar's, uh, Joel Osteen, all the way to Nick Walenda, all the way to the Big Twin. Just your nice, just regular opening to a show. Opening to a show. All right. It's time for your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, April 28th. Blur is coming out with The Magic Whip. Blur's still making music. Uh, is it about a car or like a bullwhip? <laughs> Good question. I have no idea. We'll have to listen to the whole It's album. a concept album. Uh, Odessa is coming out with Odessa. Shane and Shane is coming out with The Worship Initiative. Matthew West is coming out with Live Forever or Live Forever. I don't know. Do you think Shane and Shane, both in their head, think that they are the first Shane in Shane and Shane? <laughs> hey, another piece of trivia. I don't know if you guys know this. You guys know that those both guys, both those guys have the same name? Shane. <laughs> what are the chances? And they ride motorcycles. Ooh. Yeah. It's getting funny now, isn't it, Jesse? <laughs> Not until someone dies. <laughs> and then it'll just be Shane. Just, oh, it's just Shane. Do you, do you feel like they should have been Shane squared or, or something? Or Shane's. <laughs> Shane. It's a lot of good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Shane. Mew, Mew is coming out with plus minus and Christy Knuckles is coming out with let it be Jesus. Oh, it's great. It's so good. I love her. I love her music. Yeah. Movie releases coming out on Friday, May 1st. She's funny that way. Jennifer Aniston, Owen Wilson. What a rom-com? Yeah, I'm sure. Surprising. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't expect uh, that. Welcome to me, Kristen Wiig, Will Ferrell, and James Marsden. And a little film, a little indie flick uh, called Avengers Age of Ultron is coming Ooh. out. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, et cetera, et cetera. So there That's you go. Awesome. Speaking of movies, I don't see a lot of movies anymore. I saw a movie this ben, week, Jesse. And her. I saw a movie. I saw Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Oh, what in the world? And? Literally. So, so did my children. Literally <laughs> the only movie playing at the time. And I had, I needed, I, I, I had a small window. I was, I wanted to see a movie. It was the only movie playing. I saw Paul Fine. Blart. Yeah. It's still fun to see in a theater. Here's the deal. When I walked in, I checked Rotten Tomatoes. 
It got zero yeah. percent. How is that possible? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Even Left just behind got twelve. Even just the little goofs on the on the trailer is worth at a percentage. Can, can, Cameron, give it. Give us a three sentence review of Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. Um, it wasn't as bad as zero percent. Okay. <laughs> I actually laughed a few times, and I and then I left going, "How in the world did that get zero percent?" And Left Behind got twelve. I mean, like it wasn't as bad as I expected, but not something I would actually recommend. Let me ask you this: You're this is a scenario. You're out with friends. Yeah. The night has come to a natural conclusion, but some of them say, "Hey, I think I'm in the mood to go see Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Do you consider going for round two? <laughs> no, I don't go for round two. I don't go for round two. But again, it okay, wasn't as bad enough. as I thought it'd be. It wasn't as bad as like Grown Ups or Grown Ups Two or anything yeah. like that. I've always thought Kevin James was just in the wrong projects. Yeah, I do. Like, I think he's a lot funnier than the stuff he's been in. But this is the problem with that theory for this movie. Yeah, he wrote it. Oh, and produced it. <laughs> oh, that and actually, starred in it. That actually destroys that. Theory. So this is now his vision for his own humor. Yeah, yeah, you, but, but I mean, it makes a lot of money. I mean, look. Who cares? Look, Kevin James ain't gonna win an Oscar for Paul Blart. Who cares? But, People will get some laughs. But, but some how good does it, how does not one critic go? That's eh, kind of funny. Like like how does it zero percent? How does it make it through all that editing? How does it make it through? And it wasn't you, that bad. It wasn't a zero percent movie. I've seen far worse movies. I just don't understand how you make something not funny. Like how you like couldn't like don't you have a sense from from writing to on set to in the editing bay? That like this isn't funny. How can Eddie? It? Have you ever watched a CBS sitcom? <laughs> uh, yeah, like an episode or two. It's just rough, right? Like it's that language of funny. It's not rough. Just... There are no punchlines. There are no jokes. It's simple. How it's not funny. They're not telling jokes. They're just saying thing. And there's canned laughter. And it's like, I did I miss something here? Like he responded in a way that was a little abnormal, but certainly not funny. Right. Yeah. How does it? Kevin, but so Kevin James, Kevin James, it was fun. It was funnier than zero percent. How's that? That's my review of. Well, that's, I'm only mentioning Paul Blart because I uh, really, Jesse defended him last I week. I really hope you show up I'd in a trailer. By. I hope you show up in the next round of trailers. <laughs> if you haven't seen <laughs> whatever it is, Paul Blart two. Cameron Strang of Relevant Media Group says it's better than zero percent. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I also recently saw Fast and Furious Seven. Oh. Which what you know is my guilty pleasure franchise. I right. love the Fast and Furious right. franchise, and uh, I I actually left. I walked out. <gasps> what? I was. It was trying way too hard. It was. It was trying to be emotional where it made no sense. It was. It was just frustrating. And after a while, I just said, "Life's too short." It's a sunny afternoon. I'm going to go outside. And life's too short. Paul Blart came out this weekend. <laughs> hey, Paul Blart. Paul Blart was a rainy afternoon, and yeah. I had to stay do something indoors. That's why I cannot see movies during the day. It just drives me nuts to be in that big black box. It was a Sunday it. afternoon, and it was a nice Sunday afternoon. And I thought I, I'm watching Fast and Furious Seven. I thought I'd rather be at the pool. Yes, so absolutely. I left about halfway through the movie and went to the pool. And enjoyed my day. Paul Blart, it was raining outside. I had outdoor plans, couldn't do them, so I saw Paul Blart. Rank them from favorite to least favorite. Paul Blart, Left Behind, and Fast and Furious 7. Uh, Left Behind would be worst, for sure. Of of the three of them, it's Uh, the worst. Fast and Furious 7, middle, and Paul Blart would be the best of those three. Wow, that is quite a review, Shauna, Shauna. How did your what did your children think of Paul Blart too? Oh, well, they, they loved um, it. So it's like a it's a thing. My father in law likes it, and so he has. They have like the DVD at their house, the the original, and yeah. so they watch it with the kids all the time. So then when it came out, they were like, "Hey, we need to take your kids to see Mall Cop," and I was like, "Oh, okay." 
and my um, three-year-old, I don't really know if he's supposed to go to movies, let alone that movie, but he did. And um, he tells world's longest stories. Like he'll tell like one episode of the movie and it'll take like 17 minutes. And so there is one tiny little segment of the movie that I've now heard 17 minute on a 17 minute loop for the last five days. They uh, loved I mean, it. It was like the funniest thing they've ever seen in their lives. That's really yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's the yeah. audience. It, yeah. and, well, and yeah. Jesse, Jesse's a fan of uh, Kevin James's I have funny, no shame. funny facial expressions and, and, you know, physical humor. And there's plenty of that. Plenty. Plenty of it. Jesse, you uh, like Ironically, it. I think King of Queens was a CBS sitcom, but it was an outlier, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Still holds up. Well, that'll do it for your entertainment releases and your uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 review. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. I needed you You're listening to Allison Wonderland. Seriously, her name is Allison, and then Wonderland. It's a it's a girl, Allison Wonderland. Uh, See what she did. I get jokes. Yep. Uh, song is "Run" from the album "Run." At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Chloe Howell with the song "Rumor." Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. So the makers of Emoji, the you know fun little icons that you can deliver over SMS have released what the favorite emojis of different countries are. And, oh. and you know, I guess you can draw your own conclusions about what it says about the values and personality <laughs> types of people in that country. Um, so uh, any, any guesses as to which country uh, had the highest uh, association with violence and money? Violence? Like what, what emoji? Like gun? Like the, the gun, bomb? The bomb. Yeah, guns, bombs, mm. money. Money. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, this our, is surprising. Our country, probably. <laughs> the United yeah. States of America, probably. Yeah. Canada. It's Canada. Easily. It is Canada. No what? way. Yeah. No way. I didn't really believe myself. They're bottling all that stuff up, and it comes out in emojis. <laughs> That's their way. That's the Canadian way. Like, we're going to be very polite, but don't like, get I'm not us actually going to hurt you, but I will yeah. text you. I'm going to text I, yeah. you some threats. I'm not going to actually do anything violent or be greedy. I'm going to actually be a very generous person, but watch out for my text messages. Because they <laughs> are just very passive aggressive, like bad impulses. Laced with stuff. All right. So, what about alcohol and drugs? Uh, oh, that's got to be United Arab Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go uh, alcohol and drugs. I'm going to go America. Incorrect. The land down under. Oh, oh Adam. Yeah. Well, oh, it's because they were, it's all convicts. Yeah. They, all they were, they were founded by. Still, all they, of them. They were populated oh, by convicts. Yep. Like Georgia. <laughs> Bingo. Like they, Georgia. Yeah. So, so, so. <laughs> just offending people left and right. <laughs> so, so clearly, so yeah, they just. It's a fact. Yeah, just stating fact. <laughs> Like Georgia was populated by that's where we shipped our convicts. 
I'm gonna tell you that place smells terrible too. If I'll we're t- it smells like the inside that shofar. You're talking about France or Georgia? Thin ice, Florida. Okay, sorry, Jesse. Keep going. Okay, so okay, here's another interesting one. There was only one country where the smiley face was not the most used icon. Okay. Ooh, Iceland. But. But before you make your guesses, okay, I get you know, because it's not just it's just not a stoic country. Right. They had the highest propensity to use uh, hearts. Oh. oh. So we're not happy, but we love you. Exactly. So, so maybe maybe they, maybe I'll say this. Maybe they act too cool for the smile. Pa- Paris. They're all about. They're the, not in like. Paris, they're France. in love. It's Paris. France. 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 It's France. Yeah. yeah. It's France. yeah. You guys nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. And the we here's the weird thing about the, the U.S. and I have no idea what this indicates is that uh, uh, the U.S. had no clear singular trait like some of these other countries that emerge, uh, but they led for an assortment of emoji emojis, including skulls, birthday cakes. Fire, tech, LGBT, meat, and female-oriented emojis. Meat? So ours are just meat. <laughs> That's awesome. I just think Americans is that are including very... red the lady in the red dress. Yeah, uh, I, I don't have the exact. Okay. That's Brazil. That's got to be Brazil. What do you think? The, I or wonder what, what the least used emoji is. It's got to be like the dumb ones. No, like, it's got to be the, the twelve versions of a train. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Why do we need twelve versions of a train? Or the, like many like, little, no the many little hospitals or many little buildings that all look exactly they look the same. Exactly the same. Or snake dragon. That one I never understood. <laughs> you ever seen that one? <laughs> yeah. Snake you dragon. know, if you get a reply to a text that's snake dragon, snake dragon, snake dragon hospital. <laughs> Which hospital is it? Which hospital? I don't know. Get there ASAP. Well, There's what? like seven. That's what? my code with Brie. If she if she texts me snake dragon, you got to get home. One have of the you kids just, is in trouble. Have you just recently discovered emojis? Because in the last 36 hours, I have received from from Eddie. Yeah. I have received texts and emails A-mail. that were entirely emoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I've kind of like, uh, and really... I can read them perfectly. Right, I write him I... a thing, and it's this news or the the plans or whatever, and his response is a series of emojis that make perfect sense about his yeah. acceptance and reaction to whatever the news was. Oh, he's just cracking himself up I right do. now. He's I delighted. Do. I do. I'm just kind of embarrassed, but the amount it's... of time I think about it, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do. Cameron sent me a serious email. I'm going to do just an emoji reply. I'm just going to put that on the back burner for three or four hours. Ah, I've got it. Soccer ball, soccer ball, skull, broken heart, done. He's like Ferris wheel, tightrope guy, clock. Oh, hey, uh, Eddie wants to know what time the Nick will window then yeah. is. I think it's... Oh, wait, 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 what's this? Snake Dragon, Snake Dragon Hospital. There's been an accident. We have... That is so funny. It would be fun to have an entire conversation using nothing but emoji. Yeah, well, in our early days of our friendship, yeah. we did do a lot of emoji a texting. Lot of, we made lunch plans, extensive <laughs> lunch plans, just with emoji. Right, a sushi and then the clock. Done. A sushi with the clock, yep. Right. And then a thumbs up. Yeah. You see that's regression, though, right? I mean, you're going from like... Right. We've gone over the hill. We're like down the mountain. You've gone from language to like, you know, cartoon icons. <laughs> well, I really, really like the new emoji sets that do the uh, the different skin tones. That's just like a whole new world of humor. Do you send? I think you. Wait, 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 wait! You're not allowed to send ones that aren't white. Well, I send ones that are more like me because I'm not the I'm not the yellow default hand, and I'm not the lightest one. (laughs) Eddie, when they released like when they introduced (laughs) diversity to emojis. 
Okay, okay, yeah, real quick. When yeah. they released diversity emojis, they weren't thinking, man, some white guy's gonna think this is gonna open up a whole lot more jokes. Like, what kind of jokes are you making? Like, I just oh, like oh, oh, hilarious skin I can finally, jokes. I can finally do my my edgy material, my edgy racial material. Oh I've been God. waiting to do this Chris Rock bit on emoji for forever. Thank right, you. Right, 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 right. Hey, you guys want to play racquetball, and I just respond with the black guy. Right. It doesn't mean anything. It's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it is embarrassing. <laughs> Eddie, what I'm saying is like that is not their intention wasn't so that you can make racial jokes. Yeah, no, I'm I pretty know. sure. That's a good point. That's a good lesson learned. Do you guys have a go-to? <laughs> Do you have like a default fave? I only use one, only ever. Okay, I what is it? I only use the red heart, only ever. Red oh, heart. Oh, of you, none of the none of the food ones. But not to you guys. I'm not a creeper. Hold on. Let me be really, really honest right now. I'm going to open it up and look at my favorite ones and see which one is at the top of the list of the favorite ones. I don't think it works that way. I think it's just your most recent favorite. My f- most frequently used yeah. <laughs> chocolate pudding. Chocolate pudding. Chocolate pudding. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, the I have a bunch of the Asian symbols because uh, I send them all the time. Eddie, hey, hey, Eddie, I'm doing you a favor. Just stop. <laughs> About to get more offensive. I, I, I have the guys. It's usually it's mostly stuff to do with making fun of other cultures. Um, <laughs> I think that's a really fun game. Is you got to do a screenshot of your most frequently used emojis and put them up, and and you got to just post them. I think it says a lot about. Well, it says a lot about me. It's probably <laughs> Shauna's are all like hearts and positive things. No, it's only the red heart. It's the only one. I just decided one and went with it. Yeah, mine. Mine is the laughing tears one. That's what. That's usually my my hey. default. Like I appreciate the joke, laughing tears. I'm over the LOL or the ha ha. I'm just gonna do the, the laughing tears. Hey, I'll tell you what I don't understand is the one. Uh, with the two hands that are together? Is that like high-fiving or clapping? I, well, you know what? It used to be prayer, obviously. The two hands were together because uh-huh. it had like a little halo thing going on. Yeah. They removed the halo, and p- speculation is that so you could use it for high-fiving or oh. other things as well as prayer. So, Or that they, they took the God out of emojis. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah, my recent is a lot of the facial expressions. I do have the dancing lady. I for some I, reason, yeah, I feel like you've sent me the dancing lady, and I've been confused a lot of times. Yeah, I like I like that. That's my whole like heck yeah dancing red dress lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have sent that one before. I yeah. love that one. Also, the the two twin uh, ballerinas holding hands and dancing. I send that a lot with the meaning. I'm excited for whatever you said. When I get one from camera, I'm like, well, he's just excited. When I get one from Eddie, I go, well, that's just offensive. That is just <laughs> really really hurtful. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the question of the week. Oh, oh yeah. That's good. Great. Good slice. Nice slice, go. Jesse. What do you have, Shauna? Uh, so, you know, I feel like this has happened to all of us. You are driving and you realize that you left something maybe on top of the car, like maybe your coffee cup or, you know, you hear about like the diaper bag or, you know, something like that. Your leftovers when you leave a restaurant or something. But this uh, gentleman in uh, Pittsburgh there was something on his the hood of his car. It was another person, and he drove at no. speeds topping 85 miles an hour <laughs> through seven towns before stopping. But that's a funny thing. Like, you know, I think I, I think something's on the roof. I'm going to drive incredibly fast. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they had had an argument. No. Oh, so it was knowing. Oh, wow. And uh, he felt like the person was dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so he was trying to leave, and the person jumped on the hood of the car. Okay. <laughs> and he was on the phone with 911, didn't want to stop oh, and yeah. let him get away. Sure. So was trying to deliver him to law enforcement. 
top speed through seven different towns in Pennsylvania. That's brilliant. Did it work? It's also a movie. Apparently it did. Yes. (laughs) That's amazing. Wow. The other guy has not been charged with anything. And this guy is in trouble with aggravated assault. (gasps) So it's kind of a switcheroo. (laughs) Lesson learned. Yeah. Wow. So don't do that. So, so if I, so just to get this straight, I should not get someone who I'm mad at to, to get on the roof of my car while I speed off at 85 miles an hour for 45 minutes. That's, right, that's right. The, the and, law frowns on that. And he's, like, he's trying to find, on that. and he's trying to find like every low clearance bridge and every possible, like, okay. <laughs> like to scrape right. it off of the car. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, maybe. It becomes car like wash, a three studious sweat. Car wash. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, here comes the car wash. Car wash is a great <laughs> one. Funny. I like I like how your brain works, Shauna. I'm going to commend your your intro on that because it's like it was a little zigzag thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, when you put your leave your coffee on your roof and you leave your <laughs> yeah you yeah know, yeah that I was like really that. good. That was I was good. I was thinking about that. Yeah. I was like, yeah yeah. You read the item about a, a guy jumping onto a hood and driving really fast. Like you know when you leave a buddy on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> you know that funny thing. Yeah, where you have a friend sitting on the roof of your car and just take off. Yeah, it's just the darndest thing. And then you're driving 85 miles an hour all through your city. You know how when you're hours. really scared of your coffee cup and you yeah. leave it out there and yeah yeah just drive as fast as you can. And yeah, by coffee cup I mean human being. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other guy had a knife. I forgot to tell you that. Oh, oh. oh. armed oh, a human being. Oh, actually that changes the whole scenario yeah. because armed human being. I yeah, actually who hung on holding also onto a knife. Here's my many, many minutes through seven towns. Now, listen, I have a question about this one through seven towns. Did nobody go like, huh, that guy's got a, <laughs> another man on his roof. You know what? There's just a knife wielding man on, on that roof. Head. On, on the, the, on the hood. The hood. So, how so, did he not just slam? Oh, I don't. Well, he wanted him on the, This is the thing. He wasn't trying to get away from the man with the knife because yeah. that'd be easy. You just jerk the wheel and he flies off and you get away. Right. He was trying. This guy wanted to. Del- he wanted justice served. He wanted to keep him on. Yeah. To give him to the police. I have to go so fast. He can't jump off. Hmm. Yeah. This guy, had, he was on a mission. Yeah, I think it's pretty and, good. Yeah. And, and to make it more irritating for the knife-wielding man, he was using his wiper cleaner the whole time, just spraying, just misting him in the face. That's very unpleasant. It's incredibly ammonia in that. All right, what do you have, Eddie? I don't know. I, I'm sure this isn't the case with, with you all, but I get told a lot, like, hey, you look just like my friend. Like, do you get that? I think it's because I have a very average, just like... Average haircut. Just Not big, anymore. Big Your haircut is stunning. You just got one. You look, you're clean shaven Thanks. for the summer. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, uh, but I get that a lot. I get a lot of like, like seriously, you got to meet my friend. You look exactly like him. Um, and so there when was. When you meet the friend, you're like, really? Well, that is funny <laughs> like, sometimes. That's Kevin James. Yeah. yeah you're like, you like show him a picture. You're like, what in the, that is LeVar Burton. I do not look like LeVar Burton. <laughs> that is. I, a, I, hey. no, I'm exactly the same. I right. think I have one of those faces that like every third girl has everywhere. I go, people are like, You look like my cousin, you look like my college roommate, you look like so and so. You look like my Dutch best friend. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you look like my Dutch best friend. Thank you. Um, so, uh, so there's this theory that you look like seven people in the world that everybody has like at the same time or in history (laughs) at the same time because they're almost like, I mean, that's there's like between almost eight billion people in the world at this point. We've heard the term, you're just saying there's only so many faces. It's exactly what I'm saying. So a new study has been done. That was really good, Jesse. That was like perfect. Um, I mean, so hey, my God has no limits. 
Your yeah, God doesn't. I, I, don't, don't speak your heresy here. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 your heresy in your racist emoji test. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so three friends set out on a mission, and they were doing a study. They're Australian, so... Ugh, so they were texting a lot about Texting a lot. And, and I'm not even going to try to say their names, but they started what was called the Twin Strangers Project, which, which was a challenge to find their identical, their, or their near-identical counterparts within 28 days. And of course, they did uh, what anybody would do to do this is they got on Twitter and Facebook and they said, can you help us? They they set up a Tumblr account. They set up all this stuff. And they said, can you help us uh, find it? All they did was put in four hours worth of tweeting and sharing this one day. They've gotten over 6,000 responses, including the girl who was a part of this project. There was another girl who lived an hour away and they are twins. Like if you see the picture of it, it is amazing how similar they look. And so they did this whole project and wanted to do some more research into why this doppelganger effect happens. And they found there was actually a study done by a woman named Danielle Padini out of George Washington University who um, who said, you know, there's a lot of reasons that we look different. You can take two identical twins, wait, wait, ways, raise one on the equator and raise one very north of the equator, and they'll look completely different because there's environmental factors, but said that um, all people, basically, all of their features come down to just 44 identifying characteristics. Really? That no matter how many different combinations there are, Everything comes down to you can be one of 44. And so they're saying that there really is, there is now statistical proof that somewhere on the planet, because of how many people there are and how few variations there are, there is someone that looks exactly like you roaming the earth somewhere. It's like Chris Paul and that insurance salesman. It is great Cliff Paul. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I get this on Twitter a lot. Like People will, will tweet me pictures of you know people they've run across or mm-hmm. whatever. It looks like camera strike. And then I get offended. Like the Dixie Chicks? You're mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get offended. I what? get offended. I'm like, I don't I look like that guy. He's or, ugly. Or I do, and I just don't I don't like the way he looks either. So can we just drop the whole mess? You know, yeah. like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like if I get one more picture of Ryan Gosling sent to me, no, we're not brothers. <laughs> But they were saying that they thought it was interesting, like, what has your doppelganger done with their life? And so the girl that met the girl that looked exactly like her, they had a ton of similarities in in their life. But it was all, they were kind of silly, but they were also, like, weird enough that, like, they both, as little girls, were, like, obsessed with drawing fairies all the time. And they drew fairies until they were, like, nine years old on every binder. And it was, like, all of these little tiny weird things. But that's what's kind of interesting to me, is if I met my, like, total doppelganger, Doppelganger, like, well, what have you been up to? You, have you modeled? Are you a model? It's interesting. I've always thought I could be. I'm glad you made it. But let me see your so phone. You're, you you're, send what, a lot of racist uh, emoji <laughs> texts. <laughs> let me see your most frequently used. So emoji. what you're saying is, what did you do with my face? What did you do with our face? Yeah. You want right. to know, like, what the what you could have been. Right. That's what you're curious about. Right. Or like maybe they like trained really hard and they're like, oh, you're an Olympian. That's what I could have done. Really neat. I don't that think if been... he's an Olympian, he's your doppelganger. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's the big variance mm-hmm. is like environmental factors. Maybe he is. Maybe he's like a weightlifter or an assistant coach. Maybe I have a yeah. I have a, I have a curling or something. <laughs> curling, curling. Yeah. So anyhow, if you uh, know any of our doppelgangers, let us know. Let us know. I'd love to meet him. There's the question of the week. Yeah. <laughs> 
got a lot of questions of the week. I like it. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Uh, stay tuned. Coming up next, The Brilliance performs. Can't wait. listening to in the valley below the song is peaches from their album the belt well this week's uh, performance is brought to you by warby parker my favorite glasses company dude i'm ordering i just did a home delivery did you yeah i'm getting new glasses warby is amazing they are a company that has come on the scene in the last few years founded with a re- rebellious spirit and lofty objective which is to create boutique quality classically crafted eyewear at a revolutionary price point glasses shouldn't cost as much as an iphone is their philosophy and so they have made prescription glasses start at just 95 dollars, including the lenses uh, their titanium collection starts at 145 including prescription lenses. They use premium Japanese titanium and French non-rocking screws. I'm telling you, these are quality glasses. Well, when I was looking for glasses, I googled French non-rocking screws. And uh, all, all the glasses include anti-reflective and anti-glare coating. There's no additional cost for that. They include a hard case and a cleaning cloth. There's no additional items you need to purchase. It's amazing. But know. how do you know what ones look good on your head? Bingo. What you do is you go over to warbyparker.com slash relevant and you do a home try-on, which is a free program allowing customers to order five pairs of glasses shipped directly to your door for mm-hmm. free. You try them on in the comfort of your own home, get feedback from friends, family, maybe tweet a picture of your I, head. I will I will bring mine in when I and have you tell me. Love it. Users can keep the frames for five days before sending them back for free using the prepaid uh, return uh, label with no obligation to purchase. But then when you do want to order, place an order, when you go to warbyparker.com slash relevant, you'll get free three-day shipping on your final frames purchase. It's like 10 days total yeah. turnaround time. It's, it's an awesome. amazing process. I have so many Warby Parkers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. My son, Cohen, just ordered him some oh, yeah. Warby Parkers. I saw him. He looks like a little Cameron. It's cute. <laughs> I will also say a funny thing with the home try-on. Yeah. I have to take pictures of myself because, of course, I don't have my glasses on when I'm doing the try-on and I'm so blind that I look at myself, I take a picture, then I look at all the pictures. That's hilarious. So there you go. Buying glasses is easy. WarbyParker.com slash relevant. Well, like I mentioned earlier in the show, The Brilliance is made up of David Gunger and John Arndt and a bunch of awesome musicians mm-hmm. that they've surrounded themselves with. They make interesting, complex worship music that's not like anything you've heard before. Recently, they came through our studio and performed three songs, two of which we're playing on the show today. Performing Broken from their new album, Brother, here is The Brilliance.
the garment of our courage The power to make the peace we long to know was The Brilliance. Check out their new album, Brother, at thebrilliancemusic.com. It was a close call made from long distance yeah. It's been suggested I was predestined From the heavens to a head spin to make a song listen From Cabo after dark, Sugar Hill Spark Found my Neil side when I realized the art was a tic-tac-toe game Got on my Cobain, I was raised a bullseye amongst long shots with no aim Face me or face slow pain, but face it, you in the monsoon with a sifter Trying to hold rain <laughs> You're listening to Versatile, the song is Super, this is his new single well, Johnny Moore is a Hollywood executive, a faith leader, an author, and former senior vice president of Liberty University. Uh, he's one of the most influential young leaders in the church today and is becoming a leading spokesperson for international religious freedom. Uh, Johnny's been working on the prolonged conflict in Iraq and Syria and providing assistance to the hundreds of thousands of displaced Christians and other religious minorities through the Cradle Fund at cradlefund.org. Uh, this week, he released a new book on the crisis called Defying ISIS. And he joins us on the show today. Welcome, Johnny. Thanks for having me. Well, we were just together. I mentioned on the show earlier, we were just together in, in Rome, and we realized I was just in Lebanon, and you are you are like up to your neck just in this issue of what's happening to minority uh, faith minorities and Christians in the Middle East. And it's a, a, an unbelievable crisis where millions of people are being displaced uh, by ISIS. You just released a book about this, and you, are, you have become an, a, an expert in what's going on. Tell our listeners what's going on with ISIS and what you're seeing happening in the Middle East. 
Yeah, well, you know, we, we talked a lot about this when we were we were together last week, and and I think the the really shocking thing to people, as much as the propaganda is coming out and people are seeing videos of people being beheaded, and there's news all the time, that the situation is actually worse than we're seeing. More people are being killed than people realize. ISIS controls more land than people understand. ISIS is growing more quickly uh, than than our governments are, is willing to admit, or the media even knows to tell. Like if you're on the ground in Iraq and Syria, you are really, really scared that this isn't the end or uh, the the closing of a of a season of crisis, but but just the beginning of it. And the the thing I've been really, really concerned about is absolutely in the front lines, in the center of this conflict, are are Christians. Ancient Christian communities that have thrived in the Middle East for thousands of years have survived great conqueror after great conqueror, and we're literally witnessing the eradication of these ancient Christian populations. And so, you know, I, I went to the region, I, I've sent researchers into the region, and I, I decided if no one else is going to tell their story, I was going to tell their story, and if no one else is going to speak up for them, I was going to speak up for them. And thankfully, there's so many voices speaking up for them, you know, like, like you guys um, but but it is a once in a thousand year crisis that hardly anybody in the world realizes is happening. What what I mean? What do we make of? I I, I mean I got to tell you personally. You know I see the news. What was it last week about the Ethiopians being killed? And I, I you, you sense and you feel the tragedy of it. But I don't know what to make of it or how to respond or what to do. I feel like I'm just sitting there watching this happen. But I don't know I don't know what to do. Actually, you know, the Ethiopian thing was was really, you know, sort of exhibit A that because um, the the West isn't reacting, you know, um, frankly strongly enough, and uh, and isn't re- repelling this threat in, in ways it might be able to. It's we're seeing the emboldening of terrorists in other places, and you know, so we saw the the killing of 150 Kenyans, you know, at the Grissi University. We, we're seeing, you know, in Boko Haram in northeast Nigeria, you know, are now dressing as pastors. And preachers going into communities and then killing those communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just getting worse and worse and worse. But in terms of what you can do about it, uh, there are a few things that I think all of us can do. And you know, the first one is we just need to be up to date on what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a digital war being fought in the digital age. It, what's really ironic about this is we're seeing persecution against Christians like we haven't seen since the first century. You know, so in the 21st century, we're seeing persecution like we saw in the first century mm-hmm. through a war that's being that's being facilitated through the 21st century. I mean, what, what's really, really shocking is that you used to have to go to like Afghanistan into a training camp to get to get trained to you know become a terrorist. But now people are sitting in front of their computer screens in suburban America, you know, hearing these people teach them how to do these awful things in their in their local language. And you know, so if they can so easily communicate their message, you know, through, through, you know, technology, then we ought to be able to easily educate ourselves. And so, you know, I think very, very practically, you know, follow people on Twitter that are up to date on these things. You know, I, I wrote the book so that, that people can know what's happening on the front line, read newspapers from the region, read, read online, the European newspapers, you know, like, you know and news outlets like France 24 and BBC News and Al Jazeera. They have a lot more on the ground information. So educate yourself. You know, number two, it is a humanitarian crisis. Like we haven't seen in a long time. The UN says it's the worst humanitarian crisis of our time. You know, so we need to be providing great amounts of assistance. And I don't care what organization you do it with, just do it with some organization. You know, we're the as you know, as a Christian, you know, I'm a part of the rich church in the West. But I would have no Christianity in the West if it wasn't for Christians in the East. Mm. I would have no church history in the West if it wasn't for the church history of the East. And we need to do what the Church of Antioch did in the first century when the Church of Jerusalem was in trouble. The rich church 
provided humanitarian assistance to the to the church that was in need, in, in that case, in a famine. And I think, number one, we need to educate ourselves. Number two, you know, we need to provide humanitarian assistance. Number three, we need to raise our voices. We need to put unrelenting pressure on people of, of influence and government mm. and, and other places to do more. Uh, we need to you know, commit our own digital war against ISIS and defy ISIS uh, by, by you know, telling the stories of these people they aim to kill. And the fact is... Like ISIS wins anyhow if these millions of refugees die because they don't have food and shelter. They win anyhow. They will have survived beheading to die of not having enough food and shelter. And mm. that's a double tragedy. And that's one we can do something about. So mm. you know, just educate ourselves, provide immediate humanitarian assistance, raise our voice. And finally, like now is the time to pray like never before. And, and I know that sounds like, oh, we got to pray about these things. But the truth is, is that most churches... And most Christian communities only occasionally pray for the, for the persecuted church. You know, like we occasionally will do like a persecution Sunday. But this isn't the time for like occasionally praying for the persecuted church. Like this is the time where every single day, every time, you know, we, we go to pray, we need to be praying for these people. And there's a very specific prayer we can pray. Paul wrote the church at Thessalonica. He said, pray that we might be delivered from wicked and evil men. And, and that's, what, that's what we need to do. You know, and, and, you know, I, I would actually add one other thing we need to do. And, and now is the time, like never before, for Christians and Muslims to move together hand in hand. You know, it is insane when Christians think that all Muslims believe this, this radical ideology. That is insane. Just like it's insane for jihadists to think that all Christians are crusaders. Like now is the time for, if you, if you have a Muslim community in your, in your city, now is the time to lavish them in the, in the love of Jesus Christ, just to serve them. Do it with a pure heart. Like now is the time to show how the best of faith can defeat the worst of religion. Because the fact is, these maniacs are equal opportunity serial killers. They've killed more Muslims than they've killed Christians. And we have to lock hands. We have to go arm in arm and combat this together. What, what drives someone, though, to, to be a maniac serial killer, as you said, though? Because what, what brings so many people and unifies them in a single mind to do something that is so horrific and outside of the scope of what we would possibly ever consider? Well, you know, I think the first thing we have to understand is that ISIS isn't like a homogenous organization. Right. It's not all one group of people. It's actually a pretty diverse organization and a large organization. You know, ISIS has members from 90 different countries. You know, it's, it's not an organization made of poor and impoverished people. Mm -hmm. It's an organization with people that speak two or three languages, many of which traveled on Western passports through Turkey uh, across the border. You know, so, so you can't put them all in one bucket. But, but here's, here's what ISIS is. It's a combination of groups of people. So at the top, you have ideologues. These are religious zealots with an apocalyptic theology. They represent a very, very small group of, of Muslims, but they believe that they're part of this holy war. To the West, it's not a holy war, but to them, it absolutely is a holy war. And then in the center of ISIS, you have former Saddam Hussein Ba'athist. You have just disenfranchised generals. They're not that religious at all. They're, they're just, they, they didn't find a place in society, and so they're joining this movement you know, to try to, to gain control again. And at the bottom of ISIS, you have a combination of, of you know, sort of um, theologically driven jihadists and then just like brutes, just gang members, you know, just, just, you know, just criminals that have traveled over there to, to move from like killing people in video games to killing mm. people in real life. You know, so, so that's the group. 
But hmm. but here's in terms of what causes the atrocities. You know, here's one thing we have to understand. Like if you're part of that small group that believes in this apocalyptic worldview, like you might not agree with all of ISIS's tactics. Like you might not like the beheading and, and this sort of thing, but you absolutely agree with the prophecy of the caliphate. Okay. And I used to think this was like a bunch of junk. You know, I didn't even believe it. But when I started researching my book, you know, I discovered that there's this whole group of a very small minority of Muslims that believe in this prophecy. And so you, if you believe in this prophecy, whether you like the tactics or not, you feel compelled to go join this movement. And so these are incredibly deceived people that are traveling over to join a movement that now controls one piece of land larger than the UK between Iraq and Syria and is exercising control over the northeast of Nigeria, almost all of Libya, large portions of Somalia, bits of Egypt. So it looks like a fulfilled prophecy, and they're pushing back the most powerful nations in the world. And so you travel there, and you travel there with your family, and you may not agree with beheading people, but you get pulled into this. And so that's where, you know, as Christians, we need to pray for these people. Like, we, mm. need, to, we need to ask uh, that, that the veil is taken off of their eyes and that, and that they see um, the, the truth, because their religious ideology is pulling into an increasing level of brutality. Mm. And so now, the little bit of video we're seeing, you know, coming out of Syria, I mean, we're watching nine-year-old kids being asked, what do they want to do with their life? And they answer, kill the infidel. And that's really scary. For, for, for the <clears throat> people at the top, the, the ones that are you know, communicating this radical ideology. What do they see as the end game? As the end goal? Uh, you know, it seems it seems utterly just like utter destruction and and a slaughter of people who don't agree with them. What, what, what do they see as their long term objective? Well, I mean, they they believe that there will be an end of the world type of battle in the city called Dabiq. I yeah, mean, yeah. That, that's their that's their end game. Now, that that's sort of the big picture. Which, by the way, they named their magazine Dabiq after that city in Syria where they believe all this is going to happen. And you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, ISIS isn't targeting Christians. Well, the front page of Dabiq in October this year was St. Peter's Square with an ISIS flag atop the obelisk of St. Peter's Square. I mean, every single speech and written communication Baghdadi has given says you know, they're going to march all the way to Rome. But, that, but that's kind of the big picture. But but you know, most people, they don't think they're going to see that or be a part of that. Most members of ISIS... You know, they just literally go to the battlefield every day willing to die. I mean, and this is, this is why they're so difficult for like, you know, so many of the world powers to defeat. Because every single member of ISIS that goes to fight a jihad in Iraq or Syria today, the best thing that can happen to them is that they die. And every single soldier from the West or, you know, or from the region that's combating them, the best thing that can happen to them is that they survive and that's a really, really um, dangerous, dangerous difference. I mean, this region is so, so complicated. I mean, on, you know, the United States of America is working with the Iranians in, in Iraq to combat ISIS while we're simultaneously, you know, stopping Iranian weapons going into Yemen. Like, it just yeah. goes on and on. The weeds are really, really deep. We can't get our brain around all of this stuff. So that's why I've been focused, you know, really, really, really focused on telling the stories of these Christians that are so inspiring willing to die for what most of us are barely willing to live for. And, and by the way, a Christian martyr is different than a Muslim martyr uh, as a member of ISIS because you know, a Christian martyr is willing to die 
for a faith that they already have received. You know, this Christian, you know, that, that you meet in Iraq or Syria that's willing to give their life for Jesus, you know, they don't believe they can get anything else from Jesus. He's, he's forgiven their sins. He's given them new life. They're doing it because they're, they love and believe in Jesus. You know, these members of ISIS that embrace this ideology are willing to die so that they can get this security uh, for their soul. It's the only way of, of guaranteeing it. And that's a major, major difference. It's troubling and heartbreaking and alarming uh, seeing the church be methodically and intentionally wiped off the face of the map in the Middle East. And it's happening and we cannot turn uh, away from it. And so your book, your message is important for us to hear follow those practical steps. Mm. And step one is get educated. And I would highly recommend everybody go get uh, Johnny's new book, Defying ISIS. It's out now. Johnny, thanks for joining us. And if I could just add one last thing, and that is like, let's keep especially praying for the women and the children. You know, the worst atrocities against women and children on planet Earth are happening right now. You know, the ISIS price list on the slave market lists the women by girls, by age and by religion. And right now, a one to nine-year-old Christian or Yazidi girl cost $170. And, and one of those Yazidi girls escaped, and, and she got to a refugee camp last week. And um, she'd been raped by 10 men, and she came back pregnant. And um, you know, I, I just remember the Bible says like, if, that we had a, if one member of our body is suffering, we're all suffering. And, and I just ask like, everybody— um, to pray for these people the way that they hope someone would pray for them and to care for these people the way that they hope someone would care for them. And I just so appreciate you guys for shining a light on this crisis. Absolutely. Wow. Listening to Sire, the song is Burn, featuring Kendra Dias. So normally when a band uh, performs a set in our studio, it's stripped down, acoustic, small. But if you know David Gunger's brother, Michael Gunger, mm-hmm. you know that this family doesn't do things the normal way. Don't even get a start on a Ricky Gunger. <laughs> that kid. When the, so when the brilliance came, they were like, 10 people who should have. There are like 10 musicians in this little uh, enclave of uh, our new podcast studio. Uh, cellist, violinist, uh, piano, drums, trombone. It was incredible. Uh, a moment of confession? Yes. The moment I realized there were actually two Gungers, mm, three months ago. Oh. I didn't really realize that. I just There's, thought, there's I just, more than two. Well, I just realized like, God, this guy's, that guy is busy. <laughs> <laughs> he is doing stuff constantly. Yeah. David Gunger is different. He's yes. the brilliance. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gunger is the other one. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, that's awesome. Uh, it was such a cool set. And uh, like I said, there's a third song that we're keeping in our pocket for maybe later, later usage. We'll see what we do with that one. Oh. Performing Yahweh. Here is the brilliance. Thank you. 
That was the brilliance. This moment 
listening to Sun Lux. The song is Change Is Everything from their album Bones. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, this is also the section where we do our corrections and apologies, if necessary, which is very rare. Uh, but, you know, the correction that we've already talked about on the show, you know, last week on the podcast, we, we said that the overweight twin died doing a motorcycle on a motorcycle jumping Niagara Falls. Well. That... That is not necessarily true. It's so impossible. It's, it's not untrue. We don't again. It's not. It's it's a gray area. Yeah. What what is truth? So no, like I said, there are multiple accounts of his demise. Yeah. We do know that Niagara Falls is involved at, to some degree, and we know a motorcycle was involved. Plus, it's hard to know which twin it was. Like they could have both been. Is in it the Shane area. or Shane? We don't know. <laughs> or just Shane's. Yeah, it's hard to know. Anyway, I guess we can apologize. Yeah, all right. <laughs> to the family of Shane the twin. Yeah. Um, My apologies. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, for, it's time for the question of the week. Uh, last week, it was the last two weeks, oh, we yeah. asked you oh, to right. tell us advice for the new producer who will be replacing our longtime producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Um, when, when we find this individual, you know, we need to give him some tips on day one. So you guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You also hit us up on Twitter and gave us tips and advice to help the new producer, you know, get their legs under them quickly. So here are some of our favorites. Well, I guess this, <laughs> I guess this counts as an editing tip uh, because Scott Corin wrote in and said, gentlemen, I regret to inform you that after 350 episodes, I must unsubscribe from the relevant podcast. I cannot, in all capitals, abide your passive acceptance of smoking kangaroos. With regret, Scott. <laughs> that, that was one too far for Scotty boy. Yeah, smoking was, kangaroos? Remember we said that Adam was saying that from going to show to show, the kangaroo was riding shotgun with his elbow out the window, cigarette in hand. Yeah, Obviously, we assumed that was going to be cut out. <laughs> well, here's, a, here's a few tips uh, from Jim Turner that to establish your competency, you need to grow an outrageous beard. Yes, even if you happen to be a lady. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, wear yoga pants always. Absolutely. Oh, here's another good one. Press record. God. <laughs> it, it is weird. I mean, John David Snavely over here has a nice beard. So we have the, mm -hmm. we do have the beard groundedness in the room. But sure. I mean, if we were to find somebody who was beardless, it would just change the whole balance of the room. Yeah, so. it just feels messed up. Yeah. Well, well, well along those lines of emulating things that Chad did that evidently worked, uh, run the show approximately the same way Chad did. Read berate, belittle, and everyone off mic as often as possible, and you will bend them to your will. That's true. Those are very effective management tactics that he had. E.T. <laughs> Byrne says, uh, Chad's replacement needs to be homeschooled and play only the best CCM from the 80s and 90s when introduced. It's true. We do hire a lot of homeschoolers for some reason. For some reason, that aspect isn't, doesn't show up on their, their resumes, 
Um, Would it be a red flag? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just so happens that, you know, once they're hired, we find out, oh, they were homeschooled. Not because they told us, because you can just tell after a while, you know. Oh, God and, uh, almighty. Here we go. Just getting yourself in trouble. Eddie, homeschoolers, to my, not to stereotype here, they generally have a good, pretty good personality about these, their sense of humor about these things. Hey, listen, don't worry about stereotyping with Eddie. I get emojis from him all the time. He's all about stereotypes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he uses some very, he says some very vile things. Is there a homeschool emoji? Um, um, it, it looks like the hospital without the little cross. Oh, okay. I was gonna say it's tucked. It's it's a shirt tucked into jeans. It's the homeschool emoji. <laughs> it's just a, yeah. It's just a house and your mom. <laughs> it's sweatpants. <laughs> it's sweatpants. <laughs> Sorry, homeschoolers. I wish there was a sweatpants emoji. Okay, well, there's some of your feedback. There's a lot. There was like two weeks worth of feedback, so yes. it's like, you know, it's too much. Too much to go through. <laughs> uh, we have we have documented it all. It's part of the initiation package yeah. for when we hire the, uh, the new person. Mm-hmm. Speaking of hiring, uh, actually, not only is that position open and available here at Relevant uh, Media Group, uh, over at the website, relevantmediagroup.com, there are seven new jobs listed as of, as of today. Uh, we are adding positions in almost every department. That's great. And uh, it's, I'm excited. I'm mm-hmm. excited. We literally were having talks today about like how we're going to move desks and add, add people. So That's great. If you're, if you're in media or business and yeah, writing... Now, I've seen a lot of people design. tweeting, be like, I'd like to do that job. There, there's an actual website where they can apply formally. Relevantmediagroup.com. <laughs> okay. There's a tab that says jobs, I see. and the openings are listed. So you don't, if you're qualified, we'd like to hear from so you. So you don't just get a job at Relevant by tweeting to you? <laughs> no, what you do is you send Cameron a uh, offensive emoji text. Boom, you're in. Or shofar. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and go to the front of the line. Cameron will hear the call of your shofar. <laughs> <laughs> What's that in the distance? My spirit hears. Behold! <laughs> All right, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, you know, earlier uh, we were talking about emojis, the new emoji keyboard that everybody's using now. Right. You know, first of all, they all look like all the new people look like they were dipped in mustard. Everything's mm-hmm. or you know yellow. Mm-hmm. It's weird, and it's just confusing. Why are there twelve trains and 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 why are there eighteen versions of a hospital and right. there's no motorcycle? It makes no sense. Right. Or a taco. There's no taco. How are we going to make lunch plans? Yeah, there's to go no, get tacos. Um, oh yeah, no lion. I don't think I saw a lion. There's a tiger, but no lion. Yeah. It's very strange. Saying? Very strange. So, I what mean, we want to do from you, what we want to hear from you, is we're always open to suggestions from our from our users. Oh, totally. Always. Our ears are open. We are. And we, we are, assume... We are snake dragon, snake dragon, thumbs up, exclamation mark, Asian symbol. And we just Ice assume that every <laughs> every company is like us, just wonderful and right. open and caring, yeah. listening yeah. always. Yep, yep. So what we want to do is get from our entire audience all of your feedback, and then we will send it to the Emoji Corporation. Yeah. Feedback about the new Emoji Keyboard. What's missing? What is missing? From the new emoji keyboard, and then you know the thing—the thing that you can't say because it's missing. Well, how would you use it? You know. Uh, so suggestions for version three of the emoji keyboard that we can get into early because they're probably an early in development on the next update. Early. Yeah. So we can we can get one, it in there. Well, and one of the job openings that you were talked about yeah. was emoji development here. Yeah, emoji development. We'll just go do it for them. <laughs> yeah. And then and then release a patch. Yeah. yeah just, just unsolicited. We'll send them. 
patches. We'll send them emoji patches. <laughs> yeah. the, the, you will be the, the you you will be the unauthorized shofar player of the emoji world. That's right. We will go rogue emoji development. It'd be nice yeah. to have a shofar. It would be nice to have a shofar. If I, I had to use the RAM though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. If, if I had a shofar emoji, I would just send that as a mass text every morning as soon as I woke up to everybody I know. <laughs> Anytime I was at church, mm-hmm. I would I would I would tweet it. Oh yeah, yeah. I would just tweet the pastor to interrupt the service because that's what shofars are made for. Shofar emoji, hands together in prayer, yeah, smiling, and then I'd do the ballerinas dancing. Yeah, and it all ice makes cream, sense. Ice cream cone <laughs> <laughs> always ends with ice cream cone because ice cream is so good. So, so yeah, we want to know from you uh, your suggestions <laughs> for the next update of uh, the emoji keyboard. What's missing from the new emoji keyboard? Uh, you can tweet oh. us your replies at Relevant Podcast, or you can post on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can put it there in the comments. Many thanks to Johnny Moore. You can check out his new book, Defying ISIS. It's uh, released this week, so it's out now. And thanks to the Brilliance for coming through. You can check out their new album, Brother. It's out now. It's amazing. And we have one more performance from them, which we might play on an upcoming show. Oh, cool. um, we had three, three sessions from them. Thanks to Fracture and Warby Parker for sponsoring this episode. Remember, you can go to FractureMe.com and get 15% off your order at Fracture by using promo code RELEVANT. And Warby Parker, when you go to WarbyParker.com slash RELEVANT, you can choose your five free home try-on frames and get free three-day shipping on your final frame choice. You won't regret it. Both of those are amazing companies making amazing products. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel for extracts from this show, video clips from the episode. You can go to youtube.com slash relevant and get the magazine. The new issue of Relevant releases this week. It's featuring Hillsong United, Mark Marin, Judah Smith, and a lot more. You go right now, it's only one buck a month to get Relevant. And when you do that, you also get access to the tablet editions, which are awesome, and instant access to all the premium content online. Go subscribe now and you will get the new issue uh, with Hillsong United you know, as it, as it's releasing. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. John David Snavely. <laughs> I'm Jesse Carey. For Sean and Equist, we'll see you next week. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check out the magazine. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Well, we rushed it, moving way too fast, and we crushed it, but it's in the past. We can make this lick We need to give people potassium. They've been sitting in the same position for three and a half hours.